Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hello, I am Dan Day, and you know what we do on Mondays here? We make it a Miami Monday. Tailor the show, just a little extra Miami to get your week started. So we're going to have some local music and all types of good Miami stuff. It's also my bird day. I call it a bird day, not a birthday. I'll explain why later in the show, so stick around for that. Also, stick around the Joe Rose Show. Going to be talking to Ben Volan about the crazy NFL this past weekend. Also, Dan Levitard Show. Nobody is more fun. Well, maybe Hawk and Crowder. We're going to hear from both the Dan Levitard Show. They've got weekend observations. And Hawk and Crowder celebrating Tua's big announcement, even though the Dolphins haven't drafted him yet. So, all that. Plus, once again, if you go to Twitter, at Dan Day Radio, hashtag Miami Monday. Tell me what makes you so Miami. If I like it, you may read it out on the air. What I'm reading out right now, some headlines. Miami beat Portland 122-111. Former Heat player Hassan Whiteside had 21-18. Tua Tagovailoa has declared for the draft. The Dolphins hold the fifth overall and two other picks in the first round. The Dallas Cowboys are expected to announce former Green Bay coach Mike McCarthy as their next head coach. Panthers down the Penguins yesterday 4-1. Next up, a home game against the Coyotes tomorrow night at 7. The NFL playoffs have begun with the Texans beating the Bills, the Titans into the Patriots season, the Saints had their dreams crushed by the Vikings, then the Seahawks defeated the Eagles. The Canes basketball team take on Louisville for the second time this season tomorrow night at 7 on the road. Listen to it here on 560 The Joe. The Marlins have signed abidextrous reliever Pat Bendite. Bendite played with the Giants last season. UL Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns, play Miami of Ohio tonight at 7.30 in the Lending Tree Bowl. The Canes have hired Rhett Lashley as their offensive coordinator. Lashley led SMU's offense to a 41.8 points per game average last season. And now, take a step into the day spa. (sighs) A British man, after unsuccessfully attempting to remove a popcorn kernel from his teeth, developed a life-threatening infection which led to him having open-heart surgery. Well, at least he had free government health care to cover him. Lake Worth residents recently called 911 after hearing cries for help from a home. The cries came from a playful parrot. Oh, Florida bird. Do you want to drive a wiener? Oscar Mayer is looking for a hot dogger to drive their wiener mobile. I know you want the details. Get them on my Twitter page, at Dan Day Radio. A Michigan high school robotics team recently built the world's largest toilet paper pyramid. Oh, excuse me. I gotta go. Now on the weather brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast calls for no rain with temperatures in the mid-60s. For the best poker promotions in South Florida, visit Hylia Park Poker Room. Come win your share of $350,000 in monthly high-hand giveaways. That's more than $10,000 a day in high hands. Why play anywhere else? Visit HyliaPark.com for details. Oh, yes, it is a Miami Monday. We've got that Miami music on the way and so much other good Miami stuff. Doesn't get much more. 305 in South Florida, then Joe Rose. He played for the Dolphins, and he's basically been on your radio for about 30 years now. Earlier today, he and his merry men 
caught up with Ben Bolin. What were they talking about? Well, Tom Brady's future, grading Brady, Pats, who they needed a B, and Tannehill happily out of Miami. Is there any possibility that you would retire after the, this last season? Uh, I would say it's pretty unlikely, but hopefully unlikely. I love the Patriots. I mean, they, they obviously, uh, you know, it's the greatest organization and, you know, playing for Mr. Kraft all these years and uh, for Coach Belichick. I mean, there's, there's nobody who's had a better career, I would say, than me, just being with them. I'm very blessed and I don't know what the future looks like, so I'm not going to predict it. That's not a bad answer, man. That's, That's all a guy answer. can say right, right now. Right, right. Good morning. Are you uh, leading the charge for the Tom Brady, you're retiring thing? What do you think is going to end up happening? So I, I was leaning towards retirement all season. First of all, good morning, boys. Love you, Joe Rose. And I love you too, Zach. Love Thank both you. of you guys. You. Uh, I, I was leading. <laughs> I was definitely thinking he was going to retire. But now after hearing comments from the last few days, I think it's pretty clear he wants to play, uh, and so I don't think he's going to retire anymore. I think he wants to play, and now the issue is, is there going to be a divorce with the Patriots? Is it going to be messy? Is it going to be amicable? Or is he going to, you know, are all sides eventually going to come together, and is he going to come back for one or two more seasons? Uh, we've got a, a long way to go here. The, the deadline doesn't really uh, come until uh, March 17th, which is when Brady's contract voids, uh, and he becomes an unrestricted free agent. I think they can always come to a deal uh, around that time, bring him back, but that's the deadline, and and so we've got probably two months of speculating what's going to happen and where's he going to go and how's this thing going to end. You know, we, we saw today Robert Kraft and Tom Brady both had comments with Peter King, and I think each side is kind of staking their ground right now. Brady's still saying, "Hey, I'm still a championship level quarterback, so you're going to have to pay me and show me some respect." And I think Robert Kraft is setting his defense of, "Hey, we wanted the guy back, but so don't blame me that he's not here." Yeah. Uh, uh, so it, it's it's already starting and and already the bickering and so we'll you know we'll see where this leads but I think Brady definitely wants to play and and the question will be is it going to be with the Patriots? Here's what's going to happen. I, I, I started the show this morning. He's going to get about thirty million. They're finally going to pay him uh, what he deserves, and I believe they're going to get him a front line tight end in free agency or in the draft. The rest of those picks or free agency will be about upgrading that whole wide receiver group. Don't you think there's a good chance that could happen? Absolutely. Uh, they could definitely get the band back together. I mean, Josh McDaniels might still come back. I don't think he's a lock to take a job. They'll, you know, they could get their injured offensive lineman back this year. And shoot, they could go trade for Odell Beckham. I, I think that's a realistic possibility. And yeah, absolutely. They can bring everyone back and I think still have a, a good run in 2020. I just don't know if Brady wants to be here. Uh, he, it may be a point well, winning's he's just, getting old. Yeah, you know he's been here twenty years. Don't you think uh, playing for Belichick, being in this organization, kind of wear on anyone yeah, after twenty years? And I do. Agree I think with there's that. also questions about whether Kraft really is going to pay him. You know, Kraft had comments about you know we've got to keep our edge and we've got to be competitive. And I don't know if the the Patriots are going to be willing to pay Tom Brady that big contract that he's looking for. So there's still a lot up in the air right now and, and I think part of what you saw today from Kraft was him saying you're getting ready everyone ready for hey we, we thought we offered Tom Brady a, a fair deal he's the one who chose not to take it so don't blame me I, I'm just not as uh, convinced as you are that the Patriots are going to step up and pay Tom Brady some crazy contract when he's 43 years old when he's you know coming off a, a down season and he's going to be 43 years old yeah Boy, I'll tell you what, it's a it's a tough situation for everybody. Hey, Ben, you've been in that market for a long time. Where does Brady rank with all the other greats of all time in that Boston market? Uh, I think it depends on your age. If you're under 40, I mean, 
Brady's the greatest of all time, and and there's no other athlete that can even compare. Yeah, you know, there's David Ortiz, but Brady is just you know even more larger than life than David Ortiz ever has been. And um, you know, for some of the old timers, Larry Bird, Bobby Orr, Ted Williams, you know, the, the, those are still you know the guys who uh, are the biggest heroes. But Brady is on the Mount Rushmore, and like I said, anyone under 40 years old, I mean, he's yeah. just uh, a god. He's a god around here. He's a king, and it's going to be sad if if Brady still wants to play football. Ball. He and the Patriots can't come to an agreement, and he actually finishes his career someone else. That would be pretty. That would be shocking to me. That things a sign that things have gotten so bad here that they couldn't make it work. That Brady's not Joe Montana or Peyton Manning, where he's you know really injured at the end of his career and his body's breaking down. I don't think he's the same player, but it's not that situation like Peyton Manning where he couldn't throw the football. So it would be shocking and and sad if if all sides you know can't make it work and, and can't find a way to let Brady finish his career in a Patriots uniform and don't forget when you bring Antonio Brown back also and you trade for <laughs> Odell Beckham that's gonna be one hell of a wide receiver core it's gonna be compared to uh you know Randy Moss and Wes Welker when they were there a couple years yeah, back Beckham definitely Antonio Brown I'm pretty sure that ship has sailed at this point and, there's no shot right uh, I would have I would have loved to see him come back I mean I would have loved to see the Patriots swallow their pride and, and really Robert Kraft swallow his pride and bring the guy back I mean if they had him, they would have had a first round bye. They That's probably true. would have beaten, you know, if they had to play the Titans, they probably would have won that game. They'd be a totally different team with Antonio Brown. But that guy's such a mess. He's such a headache, and he's brought it all on himself, and he continues to embarrass himself and anyone associated with him. So I don't necessarily blame the Patriots for wanting to move on, but he would have been the difference this year. I don't think there's any question about but ben, that. But Ben, he said he's not playing next year unless he's playing with yeah, Brady, so it's a package deal. You want you want Brady back, you're getting Antonio back too, right? Well, there you go. Uh, um, <laughs> Brady will go to the Chargers, Antonio Brown will go to the Chargers. Right, right. The, the other team I was looking at for Brady is the Raiders as they move to Vegas, but I think Antonio Brown has burned that bridge at this point. So. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, that ain't gonna uh, happen. Yeah. You know, uh, Ben, the, the crazy thing with this Antonio Brown thing, if he would have just said, like, instead of gotten a Robert Kraft and that little problem he had uh, up to up uh, about an hour from here. If he would have just said like Kraft had ugly kids or something or can't, you know, his girlfriend doesn't look that great. Anything but what he went after with Robert Kraft, he would have been fine, right? See, I don't think it was necessarily those comments. I mean, that definitely played into it. But it's the fact that I mean, the guy's a disaster with his cell phone and social media. He just can't stop embarrassing himself or, or saying really inappropriate things and. All he had to do was behave and, and take the phone out of his hands. And, and even with the sexual assault lawsuit, like he would have been fine. But then he starts text message, texting that other woman, some threatening messages. Yeah, that's and, true. You know, and he goes out. He's always posting inappropriate things on social media. And it's, it's not just what he did in the past. You have to, you know, the Patriots worried about, well, what is this guy going to do in the future? And, you know, it's just not worth the Patriots' reputation for a guy that, I mean, he's not a Patriot. Antonio Brown's a stealer. You know, that's right. not a guy that you need to risk your neck over. Well, hire a handler and, and have him take Antonio Brown's photo. Antonio Brown won't listen to anyone. And he's he's his own worst enemy. And he melted down in Oakland. He melted down in Pittsburgh. And then he melted down in, in New England. And Antonio Brown has only himself to blame for yeah. uh, him not getting a job this year. Let me ask you about the other story. Ryan Tannehill, after all these years, gets his first win. As soon as he leaves Miami with Tennessee, what do you think of Ryan Tannehill? 
So he wasn't the reason they won the game the other night. I mean, he Correct. threw a bad pick. He, only, he didn't even throw for 100 yards. So, I mean, Derrick Henry and the Titans defense definitely won that game. Uh, that said, I love the Tannehill story this year. The numbers that he put up in his 10 starts were just eye-popping. I mean, there are three quarterbacks in the history of the league who have had a season with 70% completion and nine yards per attempt. Joe Montana, Sammy Baugh, and Ryan Tannehill. Good so, God. Uh, yeah. And wow. just, the fact that the, just the fact that the Dolphins have been looking for a quarterback for so long and they gave Tannehill every chance and they finally gave up on him. And he goes to Tennessee and just completely lights it up. I'm, I'm really happy for him. I don't know if he ever would have worked out in Miami, but I always thought he was better than what he showed in, in with the Dolphins. And I think he finally has some good pieces around him. A fantastic running game, a really good offensive coordinator, some big player receivers. And it just goes to show you that, you know, environment and coaching and teammates, what you put around them is just as important, if not more so, in the NFL than a player's individual talent. It's a great story with Tannehill. I hope he keeps it going. I'd, lo- I'd love to see a Super Bowl of uh, Ryan Tannehill versus Jimmy Garoppolo. That'd be pretty fantastic. Oh, oh from my, my God. Boy, you, know, you know, too, thing about Ryan Tannehill, we, we, we discuss this a lot, obviously, because it didn't work out after six or seven years here. This is the best team Ryan Tannehill's ever played on, this Tennessee team. Would you agree? He never had a team this good down here in South Florida. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think uh, A.J. Brown's a phenomenal uh, wide receiver. Derrick Henry's a tank. Their offensive line uh, is really good uh, in the run game. Not as much in the pass game, but really good in the run game. And I think the offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, has done a really great job of, of highlighting Tannehill's strength. I always thought Tannehill could rip it. He rips some throws you know, into some tight windows. He's always been a very good athlete, but you know, four offensive coordinators in seven seasons down in Miami, never had offensive line help, just constant change, uh, never had great pieces of around him and the problem there I thought was uh, Stephen Ross and he's even admitted it they, they never went for the full rebuild they tried to keep winning you know tried to patch things together and, and tried to make it work through free agency or what have you and they never really committed to building the program the right way and I think they finally have done that now with Brian Flores and, and Chris Greer and you know Tannehill's also only 31 years old like that's still relatively young for a quarterback um, he's still an ascending player I think and we're seeing now where quarterbacks don't hit their peak until their early to mid 30s you know, I wonder if the Dolphins did give up on him a little too early. I understand that you know they gave him six or seven years. It just didn't work out. But this is an organization that's still looking for a quarterback. And now you see Tannehill putting up ridiculous numbers and winning games in the playoffs for the Titans. Can he do it again next week against Baltimore? That's going to be a tough go. I'm definitely taking the Ravens in that one. And not just because Lamar Jackson and their offense. The Ravens' defense has been outstanding the last half of the season. I think they're number one in the league in points allowed, too. Uh, so, no, I don't think Ryan Tannehill will keep it going. I, I don't see the Titans pulling off this upset. But that said, I mean, I, I think the four best teams in the AFC are still alive. I, I think uh, the Titans are better than the Bills, and they're better than the, the Patriots, and, and so are the Texans. These are the four best teams still alive. Uh, the, the, the cream is rising to the top, so good for the Titans and good for Ryan Tannehill. But it's all going to come to a crashing end uh, next week against Baltimore. Hey, you've been getting along with uh, Sherman any any better lately, or are you guys still going out on social media? <laughs> Boy, Richard Sherman um, brought up uh, out of nowhere, trying to uh, dunk on everyone who said he did not sign it. It's like I don't mind if he signed a poor contract. It's when he goes around bragging about how smart he is and how much 
how much smarter he is than everyone else and bragging that he put, uh, you know, I studied contract for 12 hours. I was ready to do this. I mean, where I think it's dangerous is he's encouraging players to go without agents and to do the, do it themselves. And even if Richard did sign a great contract, like not every player went to Stanford. Not every player is as smart as, as Richard Sherman. And if their goal is to help players win the negotiating table and do the best for themselves, it's worth paying the 2 or 3% commission to have an expert, uh, an, an agent or an attorney fighting for you and knowing what's going on could potentially help save you or earn you extra millions of dollars. I mean, what Sherman doesn't realize is, yeah, he saved a few hundred thousand on his uh, uh, fees for agents, but he potentially cost himself millions in, in that negotiation. And now he plays like an all-pro, and he's still locked into a contract that pays him like the 20th highest as a cornerback this year. So, like, you got to give him Richard Sherman. Ben, you got to yeah, give, give him credit, credit like, though, that he him. kept track of all you guys. Right, That's what I'm giving right, him credit right. for. <laughs> all you guys. Favorited all your tweets. <laughs> And favorite them all. Right. You know, that, that chip on the shoulder attitude that's helped him become uh, an all pro, but kind of makes him look like an ass in real life. Yes, <laughs> Ben, always good talking to you. We're going to see you here Radio Row Week, right? I will be there for the Super Bowl. Please give me some uh, shorts and T-shirt weather. That's all I ask. All I wanted was the Saints in the Super Bowl, but that's not going to be happening this year. It's okay. There's always next year. It seems to be a repeating theme with that team. Dolphins might be good next year, too, so who knows? We'll see what happens. Of course, it is a Miami Monday. Joe Rose, that's Miami right there. Dan Lebitard, he is Mr. Miami. Here's what he's going to be dishing next. He has now been called out by this radio show, Al Riveron, decided yesterday's game. Yeah, you got to hear that hot take. Plus, once again, it is Miami Monday, so I got some Miami local music for you next on the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, working, and I use that term very loosely because every day is so much fun here at the radio station, and I mean that, on my bird day. Yes, I know it's birthday. I'll explain later why I call it a bird day. Some people from South Louisiana may understand what a bird day is. It's a birthday, but I'll explain later, so stick around for that. But today is also Miami Monday. Hashtag Miami Monday at Dan Day Radio on Twitter. Tell me why you are so Miami. And if I like it, I might just read it out on the air. Speaking of Miami Monday, here is a local Miami reggae artist by the name of Jaffe. The song is called Warning, signed to Culture Shock Records. Lanceau and a team making it happen. Let's listen to a little bit of Jaffe. Ah, uh, yeah, good vibes on a Miami Monday. Going to have more music from Jaffe in just a little while. we got to get to Dan Levitard. Those guys were on fire today. What did they have? The funniest thing from the sports weekend. Saints fans should be mad, but we are. And everyone's favorite, weekend observations. Hey, people. Tell us what in the sport made you laugh hard this weekend. It is a segment we call What Made You Laugh This Weekend. Ha, ha, ha. Chris, what was the funniest thing from the sports weekend? The Vikings played in a dome yesterday against the Saints, and Mike Zimmer still had frozen tundra face. There isn't much of a difference between those two teams. If I were Saints fans right now, I would. My last three seasons have ended on the on the last play. Yeah. My last three damn seasons, and two of them, two of them, you've got legitimate gripes against the referees that they don't go 
and review anything. Like, what's the point of that pass interference rule if Kyle Rudolph isn't guilty of it right there? The only reason he wasn't covered is because he pushed the dude. A whole year of this annoying rule that they never really overturned until the latter parts of the season, specifically for this moment, so the Saints wouldn't get burned by it. And they don't even look at it. They say they did. They didn't. Uh, Billy, what was the funniest thing from the sports weekend? Drew Brees and Tom Brady, Dan, were eliminated by Kirk Cousins and Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, Roy, what was the funniest thing from the sports we- weekend? Troy Aikman said that he didn't like any play where Drew Brees is on the sideline right before Taysom Hill threw a 50-yard pass to Deontay Harris. <laughs> it's always funny when that happens. It sounded good when he said it. it, it all right. like we all agreed with it, right? And then I'm an expert. T- we all agreed with it, and then we turned around and laughed at him, braying laughter. <laughs> I agree with you, Troy Aikman. Look at what just happened to you. That's Stugatz. Stugatz's whole life is standing watching and being able to criticize the critic. Mike, what was the funniest thing from the sports weekend? Well, it took a minute, but we finally have the next NBA superstar trying to be disgruntled and force his way out of town. <laughs> Kevin, and Kevin Love, Love so good. put on an absolute show it's so good. this weekend. First off with the social media behavior, but then in the actual game, he threw an absolute dart at a teammate and just was huffing and puffing. He was huffing and puffing. It's the only way it could be described. He He was was huffing and puffing. He was huffing and puffing. He slammed a chair. This was a clinic. No, and then the the, the GM threatened to find him, and is it Kobe Altman? Is that the name of the GM? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Kevin Love's response is, go ahead, I make plenty of money. Mm -hmm. This is (laughs) textbook. However, so what's not textbook is his contract, which, you know, you're not going to get a lot back. But he's doing the things necessary, and it's been a while. I miss the disgruntled superstar. <laughs> How about you, uh, Stugatz? What was the funniest thing from the sports weekend? Our friend Mark Schlereth on Twitter tweeted out, I hope at Tom Brady comes back next year and shoves it up everybody's can. Of course, that's what Mark Schlereth had to say. <laughs> I want to go with Johannes Cespedes uh, of the Mets uh, fracturing uh in the most Mets way possible, his right ankle because of something that happened with a wild boar, apparently an interaction with a wild boar that had him running away. But instead, I'm going to choose that uh, Colin Cowherd is 0 for 9 against the spread in his last nine games. And Mike Greenberg and Greg Cody also went 0 for 4 uh, picking winners of the wild car weekend. How was that possible? If you were the fan base of the New Orleans Saints. Given that Roger Goodell's reputation only started taking a hammering when he singled out your team for uh, excessive punishment on a bounty gate scandal that most of us thought was par for the course in football locker rooms for how guys behave. If that's the starting point on the leagues out to get us and your last three seasons have ended on a final play in two of those seasons with a call that most of us would say is wrong. They changed the rule on pass interference because they got it so blatantly, obviously wrong last year to help the Saints. And that changed rule resulted in their season ending yesterday Mm -hmm. without an overturn on something that was clearly pass interference. The only by any rule book you've ever seen, what Kyle Rudolph did to get open is not legal at any time in the history of pass interference. Uh, he pushed off. I felt like last year was was more blatant. No, it was blatant, but what right. I'm saying is they changed all the rules in order to get the reviews. Yes, of course last year was more blatant, but that was pass interference. Like, that's not... We, we're not going to sit here and 
there, you're not going to get disagreement on whether that was pass interference. The reason Kyle Rudolph got open is only because he pushed that dude. Um, yeah, a lot of people are saying, you know, Viking fans would jump ball. No, he, he clearly pushed off a little bit to create some space between him and the defensive back. The ridiculous thing is for the league to not even check it, to not even check it. But so even if they checked it, they wouldn't have turned it over because they but, did all of that stuff with pass interference. And none of us have any idea anymore when it's going to get reversed or when it's not. That's the problem. We have no idea. Because I got to be honest with you, I did not want them to check that and overturn it. It feels like a football play I see every single Sunday where two guys just go up for you the would, ball. You wouldn't, be saying that if, you wouldn't be saying it if it was your team. You I mean, prob- probably not. Dan, but that was it was so benign. It really it wasn't I benign. It's why he got open. It's the only reason he was open. It's the only reason. Well, that and he's six foot six. Right. I mean, <laughs> he did throw it up there for him to go up and get. And he got it, but I mean, but he's already six foot six, and I think he's being covered by a six. Now that's that's on the Saints. I understand that that matchup, but all that dude needs as a six foot six tight end is just a little distance, and it's an easier pitch and catch. And that's what happened. I'm absolutely upset that they didn't at least check it. They said that they did, but everybody got off the field in a way that when you just compare it to how these things have gone throughout the rest of the year, it makes no sense. They didn't look at that aspect of the play. They couldn't have. I don't buy these explanations explanations at all this entire season has been a pointless exercise they even took the challenges out of the coach's hands in overtime so they could be extra careful in looking at these things and they don't even look at it but dan saying even if they had looked at it mike they still would not have overturned it because of the early precedent that they sent and they just rarely overturn it i mean i never know if they're gonna overturn it or not but all the time i think to myself this has happened this happened to me it must have happened 50 times this season where i'm like that's obviously past Pass interference. Then they go and replay it, and it's obviously pass interference, and they don't overturn. Towards the latter part of the season, they were overturning some of the calls on the field a little bit more, and I thought if we had the full pomp and circumstance of an official in the Superdome having to talk in a headset with another official, and they're actually having the conversation, are we going to do this to this crowd one more time? I thought there would have been a chance. I'm just upset that we didn't even look at it. Billy, why were, you, why were you making faces? Because well, Al Riveron has said that they looked at it, and you guys are just saying you don't believe it. Because no one, no one does. Because they, it, lo- it seems as though they only looked at one aspect of the play. We know from watching football all year how much longer this takes. They got off the field pretty fast. It's awfully convenient for Al Riveron, and he doesn't really have a lot of credibility built up with the audience. Guillermo put on the poll, is Al Riveron a dirty liar? He has now been <laughs> called out by this radio show. Al Riveron decided yesterday's game. He's saying there was plenty of contact by both players. I mean, that's, that's what Riveron is saying. <laughs> Okay. I didn't see any. Contact. I'm so glad we heard from Al Riveron on this. And the contact on either side did not rise to the level of a foul. I have, uh, I have always thought to myself, man, football would be better if the games were decided by Al Riveron. But people might actually believe him or the official if they actually went through the process of looking at it with the whole television show aspect of it. We didn't get that. So we're no. not led to, we can't possibly believe him. I'd be so mad if I were New Orleans Saints fans. I mean, honest to God, to God, you know that team's good enough to win the Super Bowl. Oh, I don't, actually. There you go. That's winning and losing in the NFL. It is time for his two guys to share his game notes. No one in the media will tell you what happened better than my boys, too. Dan, great games this past weekend. Great matchups this weekend. Dan, the NFL playoffs are back. And black, wild card weekend was exactly that. Wild, and it lasted all weekend.
Clipper fans booing their team because they become so accustomed to 26 and 12 starts. <laughs> Mahomes, Watson, Jackson, Tannehill. Somebody sticks out like a sore thumb. Congratulations. Ironically enough, it's a guy that played wide receiver in college. Congratulations to anyone who had the Patriots dynasty crumbling at the hands of Ryan Fitzpatrick and Ryan Tannehill at a trillion to one. 40 rushes, 201 yards. Dan, you know what the Titans did to the Patriots? Manhandled them. They ran it down their throats. Sorry. White people, deep breath, 4.35 p.m. Eastern Saturday. Garoppolo versus Cousins. Dan, you know what Troy Aikman appears to have with Jerry Jones? An axe to grind. 151 to go. Fourth and goal. Down nine. From the nine. Plus seven. They go for it and turn it over on downs. The Nevada coach should be fired. A uh, tough one for me. Nevada game. I bet every year. Told you Frank Solich and them boys. <laughs> oh, yeah, you told me. I didn't know kick a field goal in that spot. That's my kind of bowl game, incidentally, where they dump French fries on your head at the end of it. There's no way any NFL coach can drink more beers than Mike Vrabel. Go ahead. Name one. I dare you. I was too busy listening to Billy say, isn't there a French fry shortage? He was worried about the potatoes being wasted. Pretty irresponsible. And he's right. (laughs) Dan, regarding the Patriots, I know what you're thinking. Don't do it. I care about you. Bill Polian, one of three voters not to vote for Lamar Jackson for the AP All-Pro team. Bill, we've officially arrived at the point where you have to tell us what Lamar Jackson or one of his family members <laughs> they do to you, did to you, what they do to you, or one of your family what happened, members, Bill? Come on, that's crazy. Come on, Bill. Bill Polian voting for Russell Wilson. Eddie Play. That is Eddie Play. That is Eddie Play. Early nominee for a headline of the year: Wild Boar behind Cespedes ankle injury. I hate them. Bill Polian was wrong. It was Josh Allen who would make a better wide receiver. Beat him two of the last three years in the playoffs. Dan, you know what the Vikings have that belongs to the Saints? Their number. They have their number, Dano. Way to go. Bill Belichick getting angry at Mike Vrabel for doing something that Bill Belichick taught Mike Vrabel to do. Bill, the Stugats is strong in you. Mike Vrabel. Oh, you can win with a white wide receiver? So could I, except mine went to Harvard. Feel terrible for Bill O'Brien. Did everything he could to lose that game. The Bills simply wanted to lose it more than the Texans did. Out of nowhere, Derrick Henry is the best player in football. Just one day, wire to wire. Can I not have a box from Amazon sitting at my front door? Just one day, sun up to sundown. Yesterday, it was pretzels. Abby, go out and get the pretzels. <laughs> pretzels. Those sourdough nuggets, though, from Snyder's. She claims you can't get them in the store. I see them every time I go to Publix. But you're saying you can't get those in the store, too, Mike? He's got Penn State pretzels from Amazon. Uh, those are Penn State pretzels. I can't find them in the store. <laughs> These are Snyder's. <laughs> Not exactly the John Elway ending. For the first time in his career, Tom Brady has options. You know what that means, Dan? It means the world is his oyster. Tennessee Titans in the mix. Death. Taxes, 
and a wild card weekend dud from the Texans. Whoops! Yeah, everybody thought that for three quarters. <laughs> I wrote that in a second. You know what the B in Belichick stands for, Dan? I'm actually not sure either, but it's definitely not balls. Billy, what's the matter? Why are you wincing? What's the matter? What's the matter? It stands for Belichick. I think. Uh, the, uh, well, well, the B stands the B, yeah. I want Mike Vrabel on my sideline and at my pool party. Brady is fine. It's, <laughs> he would be fun at a pool party. He would be, right? But on the pole, Guillermo, would Mike Vrabel be fun at a pool party? <laughs> he would crush it. Brady's fun. It's Belichick who's lost a step. Oh, this tired take. You so had a zip ri- on the old fastball. You, you, you had this lined up. Oh, for the love of God. That's something you wrote down. It's not some cockamamie <laughs> thing you came in here and just said. No, you wrote it down this weekend as show prep. A little zip there. Yeah, you mentioned that. Saints made a mistake. Should have uh, should have stayed with Taysom Hill. If Taysom Hill was drafted by the Jets, he'd be out of the league by now. I hate that. So Taysom Hill is white. You, you didn't learn that. Interesting. Yet. You made him Taysom. <laughs> you did not learn that this weekend. You did not. Hear, you did not know that the Swiss Army knife for Taysom Hill. Taysom, I did. Hell of a player. Kyrie Irving. For the love of God, shut up. Kirk Cousins, a $90 million dime. A tradition unlike any other. Sean Payton, looking for someone to blame. Breeze and Brady should just swap teams. Fun. Would be. Michael Thomas, enjoy your offseason of sex. Who the hell would hire Josh McDaniels after that performance? The hell? Arp Riles. Sam Weishtai, too. Dan, those are the weekend observations. The Dan Lebitard Show. Tink. You can hear it right here on 560 The Joe. Tink. Weekdays from 10 to 1. Tink. But if you miss it, no worries. You can download the podcast for that show or any of the shows that you hear on the radio station, including this one, wherever you get your podcast, radio.com app, or you can simply go to our website, wqam.com. And while you're on the internet, go to Twitter and follow me, at Dan Day Radio. Today, put a hashtag Miami Monday. Let me know what you love about this city or what makes you so Miami. And I like it. I might just read it out on the air. It is a Miami Monday. So up next, my guys, Hawk and Crowder. Oh, they're on that Tua train, but also more Miami music from the band Jaffe. This is the Best of the Joe Show. This is the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, celebrating my birthday. I'm going to get to why I call it a birthday and not a birthday in just a few. But it is a Miami Monday also, so got that good Miami music going right there from Jaffe. This is Rebel On. Ah, yeah, some Culture Shock Records, Jaffe, Rebel On. Some other people that are rebelling on this bird day, Howie Long, he's 60. I can remember as a child, the only person I knew that shared the same bird day as me was Howie Long for some reason. For my whole life, I've thought about that every January 6th. Also, Gilbert Arenas, A.J. Hawk, Lou Holtz celebrating a birthday, the late, great Sid Barrett of Pink Floyd, Rowan Atkinson, a.k.a. Mr. Bean. I only include that because every once in a while, someone will say, I kind of look like Mr. Bean. Speaking of lookers, though, whew, Julie Chin. We should celebrate birthday together. And Arctic Monkeys lead singer Alex Turner. 
Plenty to celebrate every day when you listen to the Hawk and Crowder show from 3 to 6 right here on 560 The Joe. They were celebrating as if we've already drafted Tua Tagabaloa. Of course, he declared for the draft earlier today. They are on the Tua train. But there's also a warning for Dolphins fans. Well, good morning. Uh, thank you all for coming today. Um, I've had a difficult time making this decision about my future. My love for the University of Alabama, our coaches, our fans, and my teammates has made this especially hard for me. I've had the advice and counsel of my parents, my family, and coaches in going through a, a thorough analysis of the, uh, of the alternatives. And without further ado, uh, with lots of prayers, thoughts, um, and guidance, I've decided that I will be declaring and entering the 2020 NFL Draft. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. Uh, you can't accuse us of being ham-handed. <laughs> Is that Tua's music? I love that. I want that to be my walk-up music. I want that to be my wedding song. I want whatever. What What was that symphony, Solana? Is that something in particular? I have no idea, honestly. I loved it. Where'd you find that? Uh, we have like an alpha music libraries. Man, that was, I mean, that that set the mood perfectly. Today is all about, I'm guessing, Tua and Tannehill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's do Tua first. Okay. Till I really till I really get after you with this Tannehill. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he put up how many? Uh, somewhere between 70 and 80 yards? Third, wow. third, third and eight to wow. win the game. Oh, completion he, to the tight end on oh, the left half. Oh, wow. He hit a completion. That, that was certainly more important <laughs> than what Derrick Henry did. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, you know, it takes a team. Man, takes a village to well, win. A, uh, it takes a village to win a championship. Yeah, well, he's the village idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even mean that. It was just an easy joke. So uh, Tua Tonga Valoa, he announced what at noon, so a couple yeah. hours ago, that he is indeed going to forego his senior year. He'll turn pro. And to be quite honest, and we got a lot to get to today: the Heat and Tom Brady and uh, the Patriots and Tannehill. Yeah. Um. But I. I would say this. I believe the Dolphins' plan heading into the season was to get to a Tonga Valoa. And I believe with the season being over for the Miami Dolphins and the press conference being over for Tua as of noon today, I think the plan is still in action. Yes. Um, now, will he be available at 5 or 18 or wherever they're they're planning on taking him? You know, I, I, I got to see how the machinations start to work out. But this was a major domino that had to fall in order for this plan to continue to roll on. And the domino has fallen. Tua has announced that he is indeed going to go pro. Go get him. Go get him. Go get him. I agree. I, and and they, they might have to do some stuff because Washington scares me at number three. If they're unhappy with Dwayne Haskins, yeah. because Cincinnati will I mean, take – uh, Joe Burrow, correct? Joe Burrow's going like Jake Long in oh was it oh eight? Yeah, where he was already signed already before signed. the draft. I think Joe Burrow will be signed by the Bengals. They would come to an agreement on a contract before the draft even happens. And Chase Young will go too. That 
and that that's that's the part that scares me because Washington has number two. And then number three is I have to look at the Hold draft on, order. I got it right here. It goes Cincinnati, Washington, Detroit, the Giants, and then Miami. The Giants have Daniel Young and Daniel then, Jones and Dan Jones. Sorry, and then Matt Stafford with Detroit. Like I, huh? That that Detroit it, could be a uh, bro. Before the before this happened, when Tua announced, I started looking at it, and I'm like, man, Detroit and Washington are two now. Chase Young's there, and I know Chase Young's gonna go to Giants, no matter what happens. If if, if he's available, he's going to Giants because he's a premier pass rusher. But though the Washington Detroit is in our way of getting. Tua Tonga-Vailoa, and I am with you, Hawk. I know I argued with him for about four months now, but I'm 100% with you now after what. Go get him. If it's for 2021, if he has to sit out an entire season. Yeah, he got Pitsy. Go get Tua and yeah. let Pitsy start. I'm with you, but I don't. Washington and Detroit are the two that I'm worried about. Very interesting. It's, it's, it's going to be an interesting scenario. But like I said, one of the dominoes had to fall today, which was Tua's announcement. So now when he announces, yes, he's going pro, Okay, things are lining up, and I believe that was the original plan, and I think that they will try to stick to it uh, if they're able to with their draft stock. I'm tempted, Solana, to ask you to play that again because I got all fired up listening to that, right? I love to his music. That music is something. Play that again, Solana. Do you have that? I like it. Good morning. Uh, Thank you all for coming today. Um, I've had a difficult time making this decision about my future. My love for the University of Alabama, our coaches, our fans, and my teammates has made this especially hard for me. I've had the advice and counsel of my parents, my family, and coaches in going through a a thorough analysis of the the alternatives. And without further ado, uh, with lots of prayers, thoughts, um, and guidance, I've decided that I will be declaring and entering the 2020 NFL Draft. (laughs) (laughs) That's excellent, man. I love that. So... Uh, it's the future. It it I really do think that he has the potential to be a game changer. I think Joe Burrow is going to be a game changer in the NFL. I really do think Tua Tagovailoa could be a game changer in the NFL. I think the Dolphins will be lucky if they're able to get him. Because remember, all the things that needed to happen, like forget about Joe Burrow, all this stuff. We went into the season going tank for Tua. All these things had to happen, and not all of them went right. You know what I mean? Like, Ryan Fitzpatrick played well. Devontae Parker played well. Like, you saw some glimpses of talent. Brian Flores coached to win every single game. Like, a lot of things happened, and you still... At the end of it all, you didn't know Washington was going to be this bad. Had no idea the Giants were going to be this yeah. bad. The Bengals were going to be this bad. The Lions, like, you had you had analysts on ESPN calling the Dolphins criminal mm-hmm. for what they were doing, and, uh, and you still, when it's all said and done, might be in position to get to a tongue of Aloha, so... <laughs> And there's a bunch of people texting in, oh, you don't even know if he can play, and oh, he's got prone for injury. Hey, look, you're taking a chance on anyone, Yes. anyone. But I do know what I saw from Tua when he was in there. And he's special. He was special. I I, I have an argument because I expected his Hawk. I anticipated people saying this, and I went back home. 
with Clinton Portis and Frank Gore, who were injured coming out of college. Would you love to have Clinton Portis and Frank Gore on your team? Frank Gore is still playing. I think Frank Gore is going to play another season and break some more records. And he had two ACL reconstructions in college. Let it go past. Go, and I'm, I'm not with let, let Chris Greer, Reggie McKenzie, let all the Dolphin brass go and talk to every damn doctor you want to talk to in the world about Tua's hip. He is a guy that can change your franchise, Hawk. I'm with – I argued with you about this for a long time. I'm with you right now. Go get Tua. That's the guy. You're at five. He's sitting there. You can jump up to four or three with one of those second-round picks you got from, who was it, the, the, the Texans and the Steelers. Go get to him. That's Go the guy. Him. Go now, get him. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a warning here, listeners, Dolphins fans. You're going to hear leading up to April that the injury is worse than people thought, that the injury might prevent him from ever being a quality quarterback. And I wouldn't be surprised if you hear that kind of stuff because it's getting leaked from the Dolphins or whoever else has eyes on him. Like, don't believe everything that you hear because people people mislead other people because they want someone's draft stock to fall. So just don't get caught up in in what you hear. Trust me, the Dolphins will do their due diligence. Yes. Now, did it work on Drew Brees and Dante Culpepper? No. But they're going to do their due diligence. And I believe if they believe that there's a chance Tua Tagovailoa can be anything like he was at Alabama – they're going to go out and get that young man, and that could be the guy that we have waited a decade, two decades for. And you talk about leaked information. After the Dolphins at number five, they're the Chargers and the Panthers. You're talking about Cam Newton, who they who had to move on from, and Phillip Rivers, yep. who's been there a long time and hasn't yep. done nothing with even, them. Even if he's staying there, they're looking for the future. Why would If I'm the Chargers at six, why would I not want Tua yep. to back up Phillip Rivers for a year Absolutely. and then take over, just like KC did with Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith? Don't believe any of that. The Miami Dolphins need to send their damn doctors to talk to some other doctors and evaluate Tua. But, Hawk, I'm in it, and I'm not changing my – my, my tune on this, go get Tua Tonga-Vailoa. You got to pass it, Joe Burrow, with the, with the uh, Bengals. He's going first pick. Yep. I really believe that. And, and by the way, if you could get that first pick, I would take that. I would take Joe Burrow over Tua if, we, he, if he was available to we me. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. I was surprised that you changed your tune on Tua, but I got to go with you. Joe is balling. Yep. Joe, Joe's going to be that dude, too. I, I, I don't have any doubts whatsoever that Joe Burrow is going to be a really good NFL quarterback and maybe better than really good. And if you can, if you can get to one, I think Cincinnati is going to ask for your entire draft for the next 17 years to get Joe, but you can get up to Detroit or the Redskins with a little less, whatever it takes. I am on this to a train. Choo-choo! Nobody has more fun in the afternoons than we do on the Hawk and Crowder show. We're going to be having some fun this Saturday over at Funky Buddha. They're having their maple bacon coffee porter party, and Crowder's already said, Dan Day, today's your birthday. I got you. Don't bring a dime. We are going to throw it down. You're invited to come too. It's a free party. And Crowder and I will be there early and late. So just look for us. We'll be there. Putting down some maple bacon coffee porter. Minutes tell you what birthday means, and I am going to do that. But to celebrate my birthday yesterday, I went to see two of my favorite basketball teams play, Miami and Portland. Of course, I'm a Heat fan, and tonight I'm going to be watching the Pelicans game. I'm a Pelicans fan too, but I'm cheering for Miami. So let's relive those highlights right now, and then I'll tell you about birthday.
Live from American Airlines Arena in Miami, it's the NBA with your Miami Heat playing host to the Portland Trailblazers. Good evening, everyone. Mike Inglis here with my partner, Ruth Riley Hunter. Kendrick works around the screen, goes into the lane. Kendrick puts it up, got it to go, and fouled. He put that one right over Hassan Whiteside, and he has scored all seven Miami points. Uh, Kendrick Nunn taking it to the number one shot blocker in the league right now, and that's Hassan Whiteside, fearless in attacking the basket, and a beautiful floater over the big fella. Nunn gets Derek Jones Jr., and oh! That is a vicious airplane mode left-hand jam. They trapped the pick and roll. Wow, just a short pass by Derek and took off towards the rim from the middle of the lane. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Alley-oop inside. Oh, there's vicious. Ba-ba-bam. Slams it down. Yeah, talk about flying through the air. Look at Adebayo just get up and throw a long, beautiful lob pass by by Dragic. Oh, Fred Wilma would have loved that. Barney and <laughs> Ethel, I'm telling you. Out on the wing to Derek Jones Jr. Derek, step back, open for three. Got it to go. Oh, my. Derek Jones Jr., a 22% three-point shooter, buries it. Well, he had to make an acrobatic move just to catch that pass, and then it drills the three afterwards. Totter steps back. Dragic will try with the three. Dragic got another one. Goran Dragic now six trays in this ball game. That's a season high for him. Heat by 18, thanks to the Dragon. Dragic will come back. Got one of his own. How about the Dragon now with seven? So that ties his career high from beyond the arc. You might say that Goran's in the zone at this point. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Back for the Totter. He'll hold on to it. They do not have to get a shot off, and he'll just dribble it at center court. And that will be the ball game as your Miami Heat come away with a 122-111 victory. What a great birthday present from the Heat. Hopefully tonight the Pelicans can give me another reason to celebrate on my birthday. Just now on Twitter, my guy Jesse Lockhart, he's better known as Spread Coast Offense, said, Dan, on your birthday, what bird would you be? I said a cockatoo because we both have beady eyes and the same toupee style. But let me get to it now. Why do I call it a birthday and not a birthday? Well, for the old Cajuns, they cannot say birthday to save their life. You could put a gun to my grandmother's head when she was alive and say, say birthday. She'd call it a birthday. She just can't do it. So younger Cajuns like myself to honor our family and make fun of them, at least the older members, sometimes we call it a bird day. You can still go down to New Orleans and a lot of people will be saying, oh, today's your bird day? Happy bird day. They're trying to say birthday. It's just the Cajun mouth does not form those words very well. Kind of, you know, same thing with some of the Hispanic mouths. You know, some words are harder than others. Birthday will trip up a Cajun person, true Cajun person, almost every time. So I just go ahead and say bird day, honor my family, and kind of make fun of them at the same time. So if it is your bird day also, happy birthday. Thank you for spending my birthday with me. Let's do it again tomorrow night, beginning at six o'clock, where we run back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station. That's what we do. Download the podcast if you want to hear it again. This is the best of the Joe show. Later slug. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.